Shalom to all. Today's daf is Yvonne Masaf Samach Vav. We are starting at the top of the daf with a brand new parak. And today's daf is sponsored by Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sorrow, Basav Yaakov, Maisha, Her Nishama Shadav and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef Yantav, Ben Rabashar Anshul, His Nishama Shadav and Now we're going to have an important introduction before we start. We know that Mashakana Ishakana Bailo, whatever a woman acquires becomes her husband's. But that only starts once they get married. What about the possessions a woman brings into the marriage? It could be something that she purchased with her own money, her jewelry, car, makeup, something like that. It could be something her father gave her as she was getting married. My dear daughter, you're getting married. I'd like to give this to you as a present to bring into your marriage. Does that belong to her husband or not? So here we divide these possessions into two categories. Nechsei melug and nechsei tzayin barzel. Nechsei melug is something that she retains complete ownership of, and the only benefit her husband gets is the paris. So a nechsei melug cow, for example, would mean that he could have the milk the cow produces, but if the cow dies, it's her loss. And if you divorce her, she can't claim, I brought a fine cow into this marriage, you have to give me a cow back. Nechsei melug means it's hers completely, and he only gets the paris. Now, nechsei tzayin barzel is given to him for key. Not completely, though. What happens is, is that she brings it into the marriage and it gets evaluated for its current worth and he writes it in her ksuba that she brought such and such into the marriage and she's going to receive it back when she gets her ksuba, either after he dies or divorces her. Now, with Nechlech Tzayim Barzel, she's secure in the fact that she's going to get back that which she brought in, even if the cow dies, for example, but any gains also aren't hers. If the cow wins an award for producing the finest milk, she doesn't collect the prize. How do we determine what's Nechlech Tzayim Barzel and what's Malug? Anything brought into the marriage automatically has a status of Malug unless explicitly stated that they should be Tzayim Barzel. So now Mesha tells us, We have an Almana that married a Kain Gadol, a Grusha or a Chalutza that married a Kain Hedyet, and we know that is not okay. She becomes a Chalala with this. But either which way, she got married to him, and she brought him in Avadim that were Malug, or Avadim that were Tzayim Barzel. Avadim Malug, her Avadim Malug are not allowed to eat Truma. They're still considered hers, and since she's not allowed to eat Truma, they're not allowed to eat Truma. However, Avadim Tzayim Barzel, Yoichlu, the Avadim Tzayim Barzel are allowed to eat Truma. And this applies to Avadim Malug, if they die, they die for her, meaning it's her loss if they die. However, if they gain in value, if they grow in value, if they increase in value, then that's her benefit. And even though the husband is to feed these avadim, they're not allowed to eat truma. And the following applies to barzel. If they die, so it's the husband's loss. If they increase in value, it's his gain. And since he's chayv, he's responsible for these avadim, they are allowed to eat truma. And now another scenario. Bas Yisrael she nishes l'kain. A regular Bas Yisrael that marries a kain, and she brings avadim into the marriage, whether they have the status of melug or tzayim barzel, they are allowed to eat truma. Bas kain she nishes l'Yisrael. A Bas kain that married a Yisrael. This Bas kain, she came from her father's house and she was allowed to eat truma in her father's house. Her avadim were allowed to eat truma in her father's house. But now she married a Yisrael. And she brought avadim into the marriage, whether they have the status of melug or tzayim barzel, they are not allowed to eat truma. And now the Gemara starts out explaining why is it the Avde Malug of this Amana that married the Kain Gadol or the Avde Malug of the Grushar Chalutz of the Maya that Kain Hedyet are not allowed to eat truma. Va'avde Malug lo yachlu b'truma. Amai, why not? They should be like the acquisition of the Kain Shakana Kenyan because he did make an acquisition of sorts when he married this wife of his. Titanu have a brisa. Minai la Kain shenasa isha. How do we know that when a Kain marries a woman or v'kan avadim he purchases avadim she yachlu b'truma they're allowed to eat truma? Shneir because the pasuk says v'kain ki yikne nefesh Kenyan kaspai hu yachal bay. The pasuk says very clearly. When he makes a Kenyan nefesh, they're able to eat truma. And how do we know that if his wife now goes and buys avadim, or if avadim shakanu avadim, if his avadim went and bought avadim, truma, they're also allowed to eat truma. because the pasuk says nefesh kaspai hu The words Kenyan kaspai are extra over here, and that teaches us If his Kenyan, something that he purchased, something that he made an acquisition in, purchased something else, they can eat truma as well. So to some extent, these avadim are his. Why are they not able to eat truma? 
So the Gemara answers, If someone has the ability to eat truma themselves, then they can transfer that ability to someone else. This wife of the kind, if she's a perfectly fine kosher wife, so she has the ability to eat truma, she's able to give that ability over to Avadim that she purchases. However, this Almanu, who married a kind gadol, she's not allowed to eat truma, so she can't give that ability over to her Avadim that she brings in. The Gemara asks, Valai, is that really so that someone who's not able to eat truma cannot enable others to eat truma? A kind who's an RL, he doesn't have bris mila, or if he's tame she'en eichlin, they're not allowed to eat truma, umachilin, they do enable others to eat truma, their wives or avadim are allowed to eat truma. So how can you say that someone who's not allowed to eat truma is not able to give that ability to eat truma to others? That's not true. The Gemara answers, no, hasam pumayakavlu. Over there, their mouth is hurting them. When someone has a sore in their mouth and they're not able to eat, it's not like they have an issue where they can't eat, they just have a problem with their mouth. Once they put some ointment in, they take some medicine, it's going to go away, then they'll be able to eat truma. This person who's an RL, all he has to do is get a bris mila, then he can eat truma. If he's tame, all he has to do is become tar, and then he could eat truma. Whereas this Almana that married the Kohen Gadol, she has an intrinsic issue. She became a Chalala when she married him, and she's never going to be able to eat truma, so therefore she cannot give that ability over to her Avadim. The Gemara asks, Mamzer, Umachel, a Mamzer, he can't eat truma, but he does give that ability to someone else to eat truma. And what's that talking about? Abbas Yisrael married a Kohen, she's allowed to now eat truma. But if he dies, she loses her right to eat truma. But let's say she had a daughter that married a Mamzer, and they had a son who's also a Mamzer. And then her husband died, and her daughter also died. In this case, she's allowed to eat truma because she has a descendant through this kayin. Now, this grandchild can't eat truma himself because he's a mamzer, but he enables his grandmother to. So we see that someone who has an intrinsic issue, like a mamzer, even though they can't eat truma, they could enable someone else to eat truma. Because of this, we have to come up with a different answer of why the avne belog of this woman are not allowed to eat truma. Amar Ravina, he tells us our first answer, Kenyan Eichel Kamar, we're talking about an acquisition of the kayin which is able to eat truma. Kenyan Eichel Machel, She'ene Eichel, in a Machel, an acquisition of the kain, which is able to eat truma, can now transfer that or give that over to someone else. But an acquisition of the kain, a kinyan of the kain, which is not able to eat truma, cannot pass that on to someone else. And even though this almana to the kain gadol and her avadim, to some extent, are considered his kinyan, since she is not able to eat herself, so she can't give that over to her avadim. Now, Varav Amar, he gives a different answer. so these avadim of hers that she brought in are allowed to eat truma. and made that she should tell herself, Ani I'm not allowed to eat truma. Avadai ain't My slaves aren't allowed to eat truma either. Zaina he This woman, referring to herself, is just considered a zaina to this husband. And Hilkach asilafuka. Then he's going to end up divorcing her. We don't want this kind gadol to be married to the almana. If we say that her avadim are not allowed to eat truma, she's going to start doing some real internal thinking, and she's going to say, if I'm not allowed to eat truma and they're not allowed to eat truma, that means I'm just like a zaina to this kind. It's like I'm not really married to him. And then he's going to end up divorcing her, and that's a good thing in this case. Now Rav Ashi Amar, he says the reason why the avdim log aren't allowed to eat truma is it's Xero, she might end up feeding them truma even after this husband of hers dies. And in that scenario, she's definitely not allowed to feed them truma. The Gemara asks, Elamayat, if that's really so, even when a regular Bas Yisrael marries a Kayin and she brings Avadim into this marriage, she shouldn't be allowed to feed those Avadim of hers truma either. Xero, she might end up feeding them truma after Misa. And we don't say that. So Elam Ravashi, Ravashi explains that really this is the reason why they're not allowed to eat truma. It's talking about a specific case, Balmana Kayhenes. We're talking about this Almana that married the Kayin Gadol, she was a Kayhenes. Her father's a Kayin, that makes her a Kayin, so she's coming from a place where she and her Avadim were allowed to eat Truma. And if we're going to allow her to continue feeding Truma to her Avadim, even though she married this Kayin Gadol, the Asiloi Ruye, she might end up justifying feeding them Truma even after her husband dies, because she's going to say, Originally, they used to eat Truma in my father's house. Now I married this fellow, this Kayin Gadol, they ate Truma in my husband's house. And now that my husband died, I'm just going back to my original status. I'm going back to my father's house, 
and I and my Avadim are allowed to continue eating Truma. But Vula Yada, she doesn't know the Meikar before she married this kind of Gadol, she didn't become a Chalala. Hashta Shavisa now she became a Chalala, and she's not allowed to eat Truma, and her Avadim aren't allowed to eat Truma, and because of that, her Avdeh Malug aren't allowed to eat Truma. The Gemara asked, Tena Chalmana Kayhenes. That makes sense when we're talking about an Almana who's a Kayhenes, so then we would have this suspicion, we would have this potential issue. But Almana Bas Yisrael, Michael Amemar, what about an Almana who's a Bas Yisrael? If her husband, the kind Gadol, dies, she's going to go back to her father's house, and she doesn't have a half a minute that she's going to end up giving them Truma. The Gemara answers, Balmanusa Rabbanon. The Rabbanon didn't differentiate when we were talking about an Almana. We said that Almana that married a Kayhen Gadol, her Avdeh Malug are not Truma. It doesn't make a difference what type of Almana she is, if she's a Kayhenes, if she's a Bas Yisrael, is an across the board rule. Her Avdeh Malug are not allowed to eat Truma. Now we're just going to be talking about Nechzei Tzorim Barzal as a whole. Itmar, it was stated, Hamachnesus Shum Labayla, a woman brings in an evaluation for her husband. That's just another way of saying Nechzei Tzorim Barzal. That's because when they're brought into the marriage, they're evaluated and their value is written in the Ksuba. So Hamachnesus Shum Labayla means she brings in this evaluation. She brought in Nechzei Tzorim Barzal and now her husband is divorcing her. Here, she says, Kliani Natelas. I'm bringing the item that I brought in. I brought in beautiful silver candlesticks. I'm taking those back home. Vuaymer, and he says, I'm just going to pay you their value. You can't have those candlesticks back. You can have their value, but not the actual thing itself. Hadin and me, who do we paskin like? Who do we go like? Do we follow him or her? So Rabbi Huda Amar, Rabbi Huda says, Hadin Ima, the din is with her. Rabbi Ami Amar, Rabbi Ami says, Hadin Ima, the din is with him. Rabbi Huda Amar, Hadin Ima, the din is with her. Mishum Shevach Beisavia didahava. Shevach Beisavia is hers. What does Shevach Beisavia mean? Literally, it means the importance of her father's house. In other words, this property was originally known to be from her father's house, and due to the status is that she has the right to claim the actual property. It used to be part of her family's identity, if you will, and therefore she can take the actual item back. Or Zervami Amar Ravami says, Hadini Mai, the din is with him. Kiv the Amar Mayer, since we had said in the Mishnah, Im Mesu Mesu Lai. If these Avadim died, they die and it's the loss of the husband. Vim Haisiru Haisiru Lai. And if they increase in value, that's a gain for the husband. And because he's responsible for them, they're allowed to eat Truma, so we see that it belongs to the husband. And therefore, he can say, You can take their value and I keep the item itself. Now, Safra, if Safra comes on Rav Rami's Shita, Mikatani Vehain Shalai, does it say in the Mishnah that they belong to him? It says that he's responsible for them, but it doesn't say that they belong to him. And they do not belong to him, they belong to her. The Gemara asks, Does that mean that anytime he's responsible for something, even though it's not his, it's a lie to eat Truma? But Tanan, we have a Mishnah. A Yisrael that rented a cow from a Kain, he can feed this cow, Karshinim of Truma, that's because it's the Kain's cow. But Kain Shasachar Parma Yisrael, if a Kain rented a cow from Yisrael, even though he has to feed the cow, when you rent a car, you have to fill it with gas. So when he rents a cow, he has to feed it. Still, he's not allowed to feed a Karshinim of Truma. So we see that even though the Kain has responsibility for something, he's not allowed to feed it Truma. The Gemara responds to that, but is that logical? We understand he does have some sort of responsibility for this cow that he rented. If it gets stolen or lost, he would have to pay for it. But say, if an Ainus happens to it, if it gets weak, or if it decreases in value, is he responsible for it in that scenario? He's not responsible for it to that extent, and that's why he wouldn't be allowed to feed a truma. It's actually more comparable to the end of the Mishnah. The end of the Mishnah says, Yisrael shesham paramikain, a Yisrael that evaluated a cow from a kain. He rented this cow from the kain, and before he rented it, they made an evaluation, and they said, this is what the cow is worth. I'm taking full responsibility for this cow, no matter what happens to it. In that scenario, he's not allowed to feed 
Kita Karshim of Chuma, because for all intents and purposes, it's considered like the Yisrael's cow. It's not his cow, it's the Kain's cow, but he has full responsibility for it. If a Kain did this to Yisrael, he rented a cow from Yisrael, and he evaluated it for its worth, and he's taking full responsibility for it, he is allowed to feed a Karshim of Chuma. So we see that when a Kain has full responsibility for this cow, even though he doesn't own it, he could feed it Chuma. Same with Nechzitsu and Barzal. He has full responsibility for them, and that's why the Evid's allowed to eat Chuma, but bottom line is, the item still belongs to her, so when he divorces her, she has the right to claim the actual item back, and not just its value. So we have this Machlekes Rav Yehud and Rav Ami. Yosef, Rabbi, Rav Yosef, Bishili, Pirkad, Rav Nachman, Rav and Rav Yosef, they were sitting at the end of the Shir, Rav Nachman, Rav Yosef, Yosef, they were sitting and saying, Tani Kavasad, Rav Yehuda, Tani Kavasad, Rav Ami, we have a brass that supports Rav Yehuda, and a brass that supports Rav Ami. Tani Kavasad, Rav Ami, a brass that supports Rav Ami, Avdi Tzorim Barzal, Yotzim B'Shein V'ayin, L'ish, Avaloi L'isha. Avdi Tzorim Barzal, they're going to go free if their tooth or eye is knocked out only by the man, but not by the woman. We know there's a halacha, there's a mitzvah in the Torah, then an evikinani, if their tooth or eye gets knocked out by their owner, they get to go free. This brasa tells us that these Avdi Tzorim Barzal, if the tooth or eye got knocked out by the man, then they go free, but not by the woman. Clearly, we see that it belongs to the man and not to the woman. Whereas Hani Kabbalah's Rabbi Yehuda, we have a brass like Rabbi Yehuda, Hamachnes is Shum If she brings in something evaluated for her husband, again, that was another term for Nichlitz and Barzel. Imratza Baal Limkar, if he would like to sell it, Lo Yimkar, he's not allowed to sell it. Not only that, Elafil Hechnes Lo Shum Mishaloi, even if he brings in an item of his own. In the beginning of the marriage, he decided to add in an item of his own to this evaluation, which she's going to take and she's going to collect in her Ksuba. Imratza Baal Limkar, if he'd like to sell that own item that he brought in, Lo Yimkar, he's not allowed to sell it because it has the status of Tsoin Barzel. So let's say they sold it for Parnasa, they needed to buy themselves food, they didn't have any food, so they sold the item. This was a story that came to Rabshim Gamliel of Amr, and he said, The Baal can take it from the Lukuchas. But we see clearly from his Brisa, the Nechzi Tsar and Barzal are not considered the husbands. Now, Amr Rava, Amr of Nachman, Rava said, Bashim of Nachman, Halachak Rav Yuda, Halachazak Rav Yuda. Now, Amr Lai Rava, Rav Nachman, Rava asked Rav Nachman, Vehatani Kavasar of Ami. We had a Brisa that supported Rav Ami, so why are you saying that Halachazak Rav Yuda? So the answer is, Afagavatani Kavasar of Ami. Even though we have a Brisa like Rav Ami, Rav Yehuda's explanation of Shavach Beis is more logical, and that's why we pass like Rav Yehuda. And a story about Nechzit Tzorim Barzal. A woman gave a fine woolen garment to her husband as part of the Ksuba, meaning this fine woolen garment was Nechzit Tzorim Barzal. Shachiv, the husband died. Shaklua Yasme, the Yisaimim took this coat, Upar Sua Misna, and they spread it on top of the mace, on top of the deceased one. They intended to use it for Tachrichen, for his burial shrouds. Amarava, he says, Kani Misna, the deceased has now acquired this coat as his tachrichin, and the woman is not allowed to take this coat. We know that something which is designated for a mace is not allowed to be used by anyone. It's Asr Bahana. This coat is now designated for tachrichin. It's considered the maces, and she's not allowed to take this coat back. Amalei Nanai, Bered of Yosef, Bered to Rav, Rav Kahana. Nanai, the son of Yosef, the son of Rava, asked Rav Kahana, Vamar Rava, Amar Nachman, Rava said, Vashem Rav Nachman, Halacha Krav Yehuda, Halacha Krav Yehuda, that she does own her next time Barzal, and she is allowed to take them back. Why is she not allowed to take this coat? So Amalei, he answered him, doesn't Rabbi Huda agree that even though it belongs to her, it's Mechusr Guvaina, it's still lacking the step of physically collecting it. Since it's lacking that last step of physically collecting the item, it's still in his Rishos. The fact that she has the right to claim her Nechzit Tzorim Barzal back doesn't mean that they're in her Rishos. She has a lien on them, she has a right to take them, but they're still not in her Rishos. Therefore, the Yusayimim did have the ability to designate this coat as Tachrichen, thereby offering its use to anyone else. This would be similar to the case if the coat got lost, they would have to pay her for the coat. If it's not lost, they would have to give her the actual coat, but if it is lost, they have to pay her for it. Same thing over here. They designated as Tachrichin and they had the right to do so, so now she only has the right to take the value of the coat and not the coat itself. 
And the Gemara says, Rav Latamei, Rav Lashitasei, Da'amar Rava, Rava says, we've had this previously, Hektish Chametz V'Shechur, Mafkin V'Dei Shibod, that Hektish Chametz and Shechur, they do take out from a Shibod. As we just said, we had this previously, and the general idea was that if Reuven owed money and gave an item to the lender to be collected as payment if he doesn't pay in time, this item is still considered Reuven's to some extent, even though at the end of the loan period, it's going to belong to the lender. For example, if Reuven designated his Evid to be used as payment, and then he freed him, the Evid is free, and Reuven now has to find a different source to pay the loan from. And that's Rav Lashitase over here, even though she's going to be able to take the coat back once the marriage is over, since something was done to the coat in the interim, she doesn't have the ability to take the coat back, only its value. And while let's think about next thing to Ambarazel, she brought two kalim into the marriage, and together they were worth a thousand zoz. She brought two candelabras, two silver candlesticks, two leichlers in, and each of them was worth 500 zoz. Together, that's a thousand zoz. And then they increased in value. Now, together, they're worth 2,000. Each one individually is worth a thousand. And now the husband divorces her. One of them she takes as the value of her ksuba. It was evaluated that she brought in a thousand zoz worth of candlesticks, so she gets to take one candlestick because that's worth a thousand. The echad and the other one, she can pay for it and take it back home because it's considered shevach beisavia. The Gemara asks, "My kamashmal, what's the chiddush? Shevach beisavia didahava? The shevach beisavia belongs to her." Rav Yehuda already said that once. That's Rav Yehuda's whole svara of why she gets to take the nixit tzayim barzal back home with her. The Gemara answers, "Ma'atutema, you might have thought that this whole svara of shevach beisavia applies hanimili only heichad mati lemishka beksubasa if it's the same value as it was brought in. If it was evaluated at a thousand when she brought it in, and now it's still worth a thousand, so she could take that item back." But if it increased in value, and to give her the ability to pay money to take that item back, you might think that we don't go so far, and we don't say that Shevach Beisavia allows her to do that. Kamashma and the Chiddush is that because of this Svara of Shevach Beisavia, she's even allowed to pay the difference, and she can take all of her items back, even though they increased in value. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a fresh Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.